0: Bidzi Small Business Society number 112. You're listening to Bidzi Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzi Small Business Society at bidzi.com and grow your business. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at Bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for joining me, Rob Beresoff, on this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am talking with Derek Champagne. Derek is a number one best-selling author, and his latest book, Don't Buy a Duck, outlines strategies to stop wasting money by only doing marketing that really works. Derek has historically worked mostly with clients in the medical and dental professions, but his marketing techniques translate well into the small business and entrepreneurial spaces, which is why I'm excited to talk to him today. Welcome to the show, Derek. Can you first tell us more about yourself and then about the latest projects you're working on?
1: Yeah, Rob, thanks so much for having me. I, I'm a fan of your show. I love thanks it. Thanks
0: so much, Matt. Thanks. Some
1: of my projects, I've got, as you mentioned, this book that I'm really excited about uh, came out a few months ago, and we did hit bestseller with that, and uh, it's just really resonated. with with our target. You mentioned mostly medical and dental, uh, but we do work with household names that are non-medical and dental and banks and and, uh, uh, food franchises that are recognizable and things like that. So uh, over the last decade, we've had the opportunity to uh, review or consult with close to 1,000 brands. And so it really gave us a barometer of what's working and what's not working. And so the point of this book was was to kind of take my lectures and that I that I do for different groups and over the past several years and, and the things I've learned of, for brands and identify identified these five crisis points and was really to say, hey, let's sit down and put this in one place. We haven't quite seen it packaged like this. Uh, Seth Godin and so many other great, great, great marketers do such a great job. Um, and I've gleaned so much from all of them, but I hadn't seen things quite written in this way. And so I, that's why I put this book together, uh, which is kind of a, a how-to marketing guide for those who are either just starting in marketing or those who have had their feet or had their have been burned in the past and have been hesitant to spend. So
0: just so our listeners can understand the level that you're working on, Derek, this book has been endorsed by Seth himself. Can you uh, help us understand how that came about?
1: Yeah, that's really exciting. So I've, I've got a second book coming out in a few months where I'm, I'm one of the contributors and, and it's from the Guerrilla Marketing Group. So that's that's uh, uh, Jay Conrad Levinson and his wife, Janine Levinson. And they're, he's the father of Guerrilla Marketing. Uh, and, and Seth's written several books with him. So when I was doing this first book, I, I wanted to reach out to Seth and to several others. So I, I was really researching online to find out who the best people would be to endorse the book. So I, I reached out to several. Seth actually read the book and contacted me back within, contact me back within a few hours of, of wow. me asking for it, which I, th- I thought at first was possibly an assistant or somebody else was reviewing for him. But by 6 a.m. the next morning, he had had uh, given me his endorsement on the book and then had also shared some corrections in different parts of the book. So that was awesome to me, letting me know he had actually read it, uh, found some value in sharing it. So that's how that came about. I just approached him about it and he actually, he looked at it and endorsed it, so.
0: Derek, so exciting. I know that Seth has some strategies around viewing and responding to email, and for you to get directly to him and have (laughs) your content resonate with him, I think it's saying a lot, so congratulations on that, man.
1: Thank you so much, and yeah, you're right. Guys like that, they have a a pretty good system for filtering through the things they want to see and and the things they don't want to respond to.
0: You bet. So take us back to 2007. What was happening around you, Derek, when you told yourself that you were going to use your skills and your abilities to open your own marketing firm?
1: You know, if you had told me, if you told me 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I'm 40 now, that I would have an, an, an agency based out of Northwest Arkansas with clients in a dozen states, I, that probably would have been pretty surprising for me. If I can jump a little bit prior to 2007, I was a, I had a career in the music industry in the early 2000s and before that. And so I was a I was going to Musician's Institute there in Hollywood Boulevard. I was a promoter on the Sunset Strip. Uh, I was in the house band at Johnny Depp's club when he owned the Viper Room. I was in the Sunday Night Band, and and so my, and, and I owned several businesses in the past too. So my my uh, journey went for many years of promoting bands, promoting music, and then I've, I've bought and sold a couple businesses by the age of 25 and then a few later in my in my late 20s and 30s so i had a, a kind of a culmination of building up to uh, being uh, helping other businesses succeed as well, so I have just in my DNA is to learn more about marketing and, and to and to always be a student in the game. So, 2007, I had uh, I had come back to Northwest Arkansas after living in LA for many years and had been working for, for an agency that that I, our clients were Dial, T-Mobile, Rubbermaid, Crayola, Dove, just several clients like that, and uh, I just saw that the smaller business was kind of being underserved, and so it just it kind of put on my heart being an entrepreneur myself. And I saw this opportunity. I said, you know what? I, I My heart's really in serving these smaller companies. I love the big companies, but I really want to make a difference and, and bring campaigns to fruition and really and really help them from start to finish. So with the blessing of the, our agency was kind of taking a different direction already. And so with the blessing of the ownership, uh, they actually allowed me to take a couple clients with me that weren't a good fit. And that's un- that's really a rare opportunity. It was almost like a Jerry Maguire moment where I, I went in and I put in my notice I said, I've got to go another direction. I think I can help some of these clients. It's, you know, my heart's just not here. I love what you guys are doing. In fact, some of them became clients, the, the, some of the agency owners became clients of mine uh, once I started mine. But at the time, it was a nerve wracking moment for me, but a pivot I had to follow. I mean, I was really felt strongly a calling to do something different. And I actually went in my car and I called one of our, our clients who's still with us today. He was my first client and he's still here, still, still my client today. And I got in the car and I said, Hey, a bad news is I've got to let you go. The good news is, is I can help you. And I, it was quiet for a minute, and then I just heard, well, when can you get over here? And that's how the agency started, and we grew from there to where we are now today, nine years, almost almost 10 years later, uh, and, and have been growing uh, pretty pretty
0: largely every year. So, Great story, Derek. You took that leap, and here you are. Great lesson for everyone out there. Now you're helping people overcome their challenges, but Derek, what sticks out in your mind in marketing or business or otherwise, but what sticks out in your mind as your biggest challenge and what steps did you take to really embrace and overcome that challenge?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that. That's a great question. And, you know, and sometimes I want to say as business owners, sometimes, especially when we're in that struggle or that startup phase, we, uh, we don't want others to know that we're struggling. And trying to get off the ground, right? Because we—it's we, not really fake it till you make it, but it's—it's it's one of those things where you need to you, to get new clients. You've got to look like you're doing well. And so, you know, I kind of glazed over a little bit, which I hear others do. And where I said, "Then we started the company, and the rest is history." Well, I didn't talk about the two years where we were almost starving to get off the
0: ground. It's That grind, right? That grind.
1: <laughs> absolutely and a commitment. So I glazed over that part, and it's easy to do a decade later. But I'll tell you, in those in those in those couple of lean years, and they were very lean. We were growing, but they were lean. Uh, my wife and I had to several times look at each other and say, is this the right direction? But I'm kind of knuckle headed. <laughs> and I have learned a lot from mistakes in the past, and so I really knew that I was onto something with what I was doing, and that I had a niche in the marketplace that I needed to be uh, persistent with. So I'd say the biggest challenge, honestly, is focus and and uh, having a plan and and persevering through it. So my encouragement out to anyone listening out there who's who's just launched an idea, you know, I, I would go in for twelve hour days when I had nothing to do. I really had two clients, three clients, and I had nothing to do, but I went in there, I put on a suit back then, I don't wear a suit anymore, and I'd go in my office, and I would, I would sit down and go, okay, let's make it happen, and I would hustle, in, in, a, in an honest way, but I would hustle, and I, and I wrote out a vision for my company, just like I help clients do now today, and I said, here's where we're going to be, here's the numbers we're going to hit without fail, Those are my two magic words. The two most important words we use in our agency without fail to get things done and to meet objectives. And and I said, here's what we're going to do by year one, by year two, by year three. And we have hit it each year. And they've been very aggressive goals. And so even in those lean times, I had a really clear vision. So I knew where I needed to work towards. So when great opportunities presented themselves, I was able to identify if they were a good fit for where my direction was going or if they were going to be a distraction for me and ultimately pull me away from being as successful as I could for, for this vision that I had.
0: Derek, I'm just reminded of the gold miner in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I mean, you could have so many times just turned back mere meters, mere feet away from that gold mine, and nobody would have blamed you, but you kept persevering, and you found that gold mine, right?
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's it's you know the 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 only other side the caution is is are you, if you have a bad idea and you're and you're bumping your head against the wall and working 12 hours 15 hours a day, that's not going to work either. So you know you can have a vision and a goal, but you need to make sure that it's reasonable, attainable, and that it's that you can actually get there. So you know the only other caution is you know make sure it's something that make sure you understand how you're going to get there. Some of that comes with having good consultants to listen to programs like yours, um, and then to learn from others who have been there.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say pivoting is huge, I think. And this might be yeah. just a great segue into the next question. And I think, you know, it's so important that we have a coach or a mentor or a consultant. How important has that been to you on your journey?
1: And it's been extremely important. And I will tell you that I waited I waited a long time to have a formal consultant. But when I look back on, on it, I, I think that my mindset Was always to learn everything I could no matter what job I was doing. So, back in my days of being a waiter or a bartender or musician, I was always looking to see who was smarter than I was, uh, who was doing things the right way, and I would go ask them or try to study under them or mentor under them. So, I think your consultants can come in many shapes and forms, and some of the most amazing successful people uh, are probably not touting that they're consultants. So while I consult, and I'm a consultant myself now, um, I, I tend to want to learn from those who are in the trenches and actually doing it. And so I would say my consultants have been 20, 30 different people that I can think of in my life who who just really taught me a lot. Now me being in the business I'm in, I do have a couple of formal consultants that I work with who help me uh, look at our operations and, and strategy and growth goals and things like that. But you know, look around you. And if you don't find people in your immediate life or your immediate work environment that can consult you, you either need to change your environment so that you can be inspired or maybe look a little bit more closely and see who around you might be an unsung hero that can really teach you a lot about your craft and about where you wanna take your business.
0: Certainly those coaches, those mentors, those consultants will be integral to our success. And you've achieved some of that success, Derek. Now tell us more about that. Why is it so great to be an entrepreneur? What does that success really look like to you?
1: You know, th- those are tools. And, and I, don't, I don't look at myself as, I don't want to say that I don't have self-confidence. I'm, I'm a very confident person. Um, but for me, the things that I do that I do well, they're tools for me um, just in life. And, and so my, at the core for me, what does success look like? And I'll answer your question, but for me, success looks like fulfillment. Um, and, and be able to give back and help out those around me who can't necessarily offer me anything in return. And that's been something really new for me to realize. Uh, money and money and notoriety and those things, in my personal experience, are fulfilling to a certain point. And, and don't get me wrong, they're important tools, uh, but then what? So, you know, I've really hit a grind for a long time where I wanted to hit financial goals and I wanted to, I've got a little radio show and we've got a podcast and the book hit bestseller and my business doing well. That's great. But but now what? Do you just sit back and go, okay, well, I'm a fat cat now and I did it. (laughs) True entrepreneurs don't feel that way. We, we have a, a continued calling to make new things and then and then at a certain point to pass it on to others and make sure that we're, we're empowering. So success for me now looks like uh, I'm comfortable, but I have the opportunity to create new things. So I'm getting to do some new projects and new businesses and grow my team and hire uh, people that are smarter than me, which is uh, really important, and so th- that's what success looks like to me. The, the money and the uh, and and those things that comes as a byproduct. Don't get me wrong. Early on, when you're starving, that's that's a, a big focus. Um, but then when you hit it, you, you then what? Another million dollars? Another hundred thousand so, dollars? How do you keep growing from there? So. Uh, Really, a lot lately, I love to be doing a part of, of helping things that aren't necessarily give me something in return, but that I can be a part of growing, especially in the entrepreneurial circuit.
0: For sure. And I think we all define success individually. It looks different to all of us, right? Yes, absolutely. For sure. Now, Derek, you're writing, you're guest lecturing, you're doing things like this, like appearing on podcasts. So thanks again, once again, for that. But what other methods are you using to expand your audience? Like help the aspiring entrepreneur understand what they need to do to really gain some traction out there.
1: Yeah. And you know, in my business, I think it's different depending on the industry, but I'll tell you that early on, it was really a hustle. It was, it was, it was networking, it was attending events, it was sponsoring events, it was uh, being on the boards of certain things that are relevant in my industry. LinkedIn is a very powerful uh, tool. If you're not using it, that's probably one of the top ways I can recommend that you you gain traction. I've got, uh, I think, 10, 000, around 10,000 LinkedIn followers that I, that I actually talk to. I mean, we're well-connected and we're, that's, that's my platform. You need, to, you need to stay visible, but when you grow to a certain point, I, I wanted to have a layer for myself to where it didn't look like I was desperate Trying to grab business, so I do have a I do have a sales team that I work with, um, and my sales team is very active. We're a member of several BNI groups. Uh, that's why I have multiple team members so that can attend multiple events. Uh, we we are involved in the Chamber of Commerces. We are active thought leaders. So we we have our own podcast as well where we interview different guests and we uh, we have a, a website, businessleadershipseries.com, where we spotlight different entrepreneurs to uh, make sure that we're uh, showcasing what they've done right, mistakes they've made, things like that. Um, but, but really for us, it went from being really outbound to inbound. So we do a lot of things that t- try to... To flip the traffic so that we've got people coming to us more than us hunting them down
0: now derek our listeners love audio obviously what's the name of the podcast let's uh, recommend the podcast to them
1: thank you i appreciate that it's it's business leadership series and you can just search that on itunes or go to businessleadershipseries.com
0: and see it gonna make a little shift here derek do you love to win or hate to lose and why
1: <laughs> uh, I, I definitely hate to lose and man, that's that's a trick question. I feel like or it's a complicated one that will have an entrepreneur stand up late at night questioning their motives. But I hate to, I do hate to lose. I really do, but I'm not afraid to lose. And and I have lost several times in life. I've I've had failures, and I've I talk very openly about them because I like to learn from them. And so the business I have now does really well because I learned from several mistakes I've made, and the and my clients I work with i have learned from several mistakes. And so hate hate to lose, but I, but I'm not afraid to lose. And obviously, I love
0: to win. <laughs> now, give us something actionable here, Derek. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day?
1: Mm, well, I've got kids, so I. Uh, it's a challenge for dads and moms sometimes, but I, uh, I actually turn off my phone and I spend time with my kids. And it's amazing what you'll see. Uh, it's amazing your perspective in life when you can let everything go for a little while and think like a four year old, <laughs> a four year old boy who's jumping on a trampoline and with reckless abandon, enjoying every single second of life. So my kids keep me young. My kids keep me doing activities outdoors, and, and and birthday parties, and camps, and vacations. So to unwind, I just really like to spend a lot of time with my family. And then I love playing music too. Music is a is a it's, has been therapy for me since I was about four years old.
0: What a great outlet! Yeah, I agree. Now, thank you, first of all, for allowing us into your personal life for just a minute there, Derek. Are oh, you bet. Let's get back to your book though for a second. Don't buy a duck. What is the premise of the book? <laughs>
1: Well, it stems from me being, and let me tell you the, the name, be, the story behind the name is at eight years old, I remember uh, my mom had one of these cars that whether we needed something or not, it would automatically turn into a yard sale, right? It would pull over and go to yard sale. And as many of us currently relate to having a parent like that, and that we didn't need it, but we pulled over anyway to see what kind of treasures we could find. So uh, I remember one time we went to an estate, a church estate sale, and around the corner was, when I was eight years old, was a, well, there was a little duck, a real duck. It had a little web feed, it had a string to it, and stars aligned for me at eight years old, and I said, man, i got to have that. And my mom knew something I didn't, I think, and said, are you sure you need that? But I I talked my brother into spending his hard-earned money with me, and we spent all of our money on it, and we got that duck. (laughs) <laughs> and you know that feeling you get after you've made a purchase that you maybe you shouldn't have or you thought you really wanted something and then you got it and then it turned out to be a dud or maybe you went out and bought a boat or a vacation you shouldn't have bought or a flat screen tv or a new sports car or a designer dress whatever it is and then you bought it and you kind of had that sinking in your gut oh, feeling after you made it?
0: Morris, you bet. Yep. oh
1: yeah well that was my first experience with it was at eight years old we put that duck in the car and to me it felt like an albatross the bird the bird jumped out of the 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 box in the back of our old station wagon and just went crazy in the car. And, and just, I mean, it was I can still hear the, the wings flapping in my ears 32 years later. And so we dropped it off in the, the neighbor's pond. We named them Quackers and we let them live out his days separate from us <laughs> with the neighbors. But that was my first lesson. That's the premise of the book. When I work with clients, I, I, they, I tell them the story and then I say, hey, don't buy a duck. You're going to get hit with 100 different opportunities a week for what you can spend money on, whether it's sponsoring a little league team for one of your clients or your customers, whether it's the phone book, whether it's Yelp, whether it's uh, whatever it is, whether it's digital advertising, how much you need to spend on, social, on Facebook ads, what you need to be doing with Snapchat, and I could go on and on and on. And so what do you choose? As small business owners that have to bootstrap and be as resourceful and smart, how do you avoid buying a duck? So that's the premise of the book. I lay out the five crisis points of what I've learned in doing countless consults and and working with many brands from household names to startups and and what we've learned over the years of here's how you need to build your foundation for your business as it relates to your marketing and your advertising. And then if you do these things this way, you can avoid making those bad purchases and make your money count, make your dollars count more for your marketing and advertising.
0: Smart marketing that works, I think, is the premise there. Now, without giving too much away, are you able to give us in bullet point form those five points?
1: Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I, I'm happy to do that. So, and, and, and for some of you, this will be review, but I'm telling you, we found it in $100 million brands to, to startups. And so we realized that there was, these are common crisis points. So you want to check against these. The first one is really understanding who you are. I've been amazed at some brands that have had decent success, but then we're stuck. And they couldn't grow past a certain point. Our goal with this is if you are a growing brand is to, is to kind of not get stuck in that certain part of your business life cycle and to help you keep growing. So identify who you are. And we give we talk about the identity crisis of brands Bermuda Triangle in the book in a couple of the chapters and why brands get stuck. And so you want to make sure you clearly understand who you are, understand your competition, and not understanding your competition so that you can copy them. But we want you to understand them so you can identify where there's some gaps in the marketplace where you have a space to talk and where you have a space to intentionally grow your market share. Very calculated. So know who you are. Understand your target customers. We find often that people talk at their customers or think they understand their customers but don't really understand what's important to them. Uh, here's, Here's a really simple tip that we find that people don't do quite often. I'm not sure what my customers want. Ask them. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> I hear it so often in board meetings <laughs> that with clients or new clients and even internally with ourselves. I wonder what they're thinking. Why don't they want this? I have a novel
0: idea. Let's ask them. It's crazy. We have this gift <laughs> of language as human beings, and we're not using it to the fullest extent. I'm telling
1: you. We find it. We find it. Either we're, we're afraid we're going to fatigue them, especially existing customers, especially smaller brands. Sometimes we don't want to ask if we're just gaining traction. But you want to bottle up what it is that's, that's making them like you. And don't put your head in the sand if you have an issue you need to resolve you wanna know what that is. You wanna know before the market tells you sometimes, right? Because you can make adjustments before it really hurts. So understand yourself, understand your target customers, and then you wanna have a really relatable message that resonates and we find that missing often uh, where you're talking at them instead of identifying with them. And, and the next thing is to have a plan. We have a chapter in the book called if your markings not going according to plan, maybe it's because you don't have a plan. There's so many businesses that we run into that that just don't have a plan. And as I talked about in the early days of my business, I had a plan, and that's how I was able to hit my objectives. If you don't set objectives, how do you know if you're hitting them? If you don't know where the end zone is, how do you know how to keep making first downs towards a touchdown? Right? You just don't know. And so, setting goals, setting markers, allows you to have a. It makes it easier for you to know how you're how you're growing. So, and more intentionally. Um, and then, one of the biggest things. Uh, well, let me talk about a little bit more about marketing first. We have a chapter called "It's What's on the Inside That Counts." And often we find overlooked is your internal marketing. And that's so critical. And we find many customers who who start to get a budget and they start to really outspend. They spend on their external advertising. Customer acquisition, new customer acquisition, new customer acquisition. And then their existing customers are being left by the wayside. So you want to make sure... your your existing customers are the most likely to buy from you again, right? They're the most likely to refer you. They're the most likely to purchase other services as you grow. And so you want to nurture them and take good care of them. Um, Some industries, some niches have a finite amount of customers they can even outreach to. So if all you're focused on is external and you're not nurturing your internal, um, you're going to find some challenges later on when you've exhausted the marketplace from just spending for new customers all the time.
0: Absolutely. It's costly finding those new customers. Now, let me see if I have this straight. Okay. Number one, understand who you are. Two, understand your competition. Three, understand your customers. Four, uh, have a relatable and resonating message. And five, have a plan and set those goals, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have a plan. And and under that umbrella of having a plan, execution is really, really important. Uh, we have a chapter in the book, Execution is Everything, How to Get from Your Own Five-Yard Line to the End Zone. And we do see companies with plans with full marketing departments, but and we'll do an audit and we'll say, how, you know, let's talk about what worked, what didn't work, and we often find that things were started, but they did, they were not followed through consistently, from social media to what, whatever it might be. And so execution is really important. So some advice that I have for you in your marketing. And actually, for every aspect of your business and, and whoever I'm talking to, if you're the only business owner, then, then I'm talking to you for every single category. You want to make sure you know who the number one is. That's what a consultant I work work with tells me. Who's the number one on this? So in marketing, who's the number one? In your business, if you have a few employees, who is the person that's responsible for moving the ball? Make sure that they have those tasks clearly in front of them and make sure they know that they're the number one on it. And so execution needs to happen without fail. I mentioned those words earlier. So we recommend making a. Account- calendar that tells you your daily, your weekly, your monthly, bi-monthly, your quarterly goals, and here's what I'm going to do each day. Every day, I'm going to do social media this many times, or every week, I'm going to do this many times. Every week, I'm going to send an e-blast out to this group. Every month, I'm going to offer this uh, complimentary giveaway to one of my customer base. And as you start to write out those goals, it doesn't have to be a a big lofty plan. Our plans are sometimes up to 80 pages. You don't have to do that. It can be a couple-page plan that just says, here's how we're going to have intentional outreach and how we're going to actually make first downs. And the execution is so critical because you start to look back. If you execute consistently for a quarter, you can look back and go, wow, we actually made several first downs. We are getting towards our goals. But you won't do that unless you make a plan and are consistent with your execution.
0: Absolutely right. I love how you're not painting in these broad brushstrokes. You're giving us some extremely actionable content here, Derek. Thanks for that. Good. Absolutely. A couple more questions. What does the future look like for you and your business?
1: That's a great question. Um, our our business, my business, the Artist Evolution, a full service marketing agency, we are, uh, we're growing, like I said, every year. So the future for us is just, we have some very specific goals and we've grown by almost 100% each year. Uh, but it's to just continue, It's one is to not lose focus of our of our, our core uh, competencies that make us different. And and we, our business is coined as the execution specialist. That's what we do. It's the kind of the dirty work in marketing is we work with clients to make, after we build a plan with them is to make sure that they do not drop the ball. So we're in the trenches with them, writing posts, making things happen. So number one, my goal is as we grow us and not lose that. Um, but just to continue to be a relevant agency is, is what we want to do and continue to give great service. That's, that's really the goal of this particular company. I've got some other projects I'm working on as well, but, um, for my core business, it's just to keep growing and not lose focus of, uh, of what's making us unique.
0: Now, if people want to learn more about you, your business and your book, don't buy a duck, how can they find you?
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks. And if you don't mind, I'd love to give... I talked about a calendar, making an actionable calendar. Uh, if, if anybody wants to text uh, DUCK to 58885, I've got a free calendar that I'll email to you. And it's a, it's a calendar that we've even had other agencies contact us about and thank us and, and decide to use it for their entire team. That's a free gift that will come to you guys. There's no obligation. It just There's a couple tools like that that I have. So text DUCK to 58885. Um, you can go to don'tbuyaduck.com. If you want to learn more about uh, my background, bio, and then to look at the book, uh, you can contact Derek Champagne on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I post throughout the week of of uh, different different uh, people that I interview and talk with and, and shows like this that I get to be a guest on. I like to share that back out. So,
0: Thanks so much for that gift, Derek. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society, man. You take care.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me as a guest today.
0: Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to bidzi.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at bidzi.com.